Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Out of the Blue, the podcast that makes about as much sense as the Billy Bob Thornton-Angelina Jolie relationship. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Andy Bailey, also of MazeandBrew.com, here to talk a little bit of basketball, kind of put the bow on that, and uh, Jim Harbaugh gave us uh, quite a bit of information today, a little bit surprising for him, so we're going to talk on that, and then uh, maybe finish out with some entertainment, but uh, let's get into it. Andy, how the hell are you, my friend? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Great week. Great content coming up from us, as always. And uh, I'm ready to go, man. Thank you, Jim Harbaugh, for being more open and forthcoming with football knowledge. Right? I'm so used to the submarine. I just I don't even check for updates anymore. I assume we're going to get nothing, but surprisingly candid today. But we'll get into that in a moment. Let's kind of talk basketball here, you know, while it's still fresh in the mind, although I have completely moved on from basketball season. Are you paying attention to the Final Four? How do you feel about Michigan State being there? Will you be rooting for them? Is there any sort of Big Ten allegiance going on? Um, it's always an interesting discussion when people say, you know, you should root for them. They're in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's my response. I really don't, especially when it's a rival school. I don't care at all. And even in bowl season, I don't care if Nebraska wins the Alamo Bowl. It does nothing to me, except for some pundits can argue what the overall conference record is. I don't care. It's not Michigan, so I'm fine. And to be honest, I've kind of checked out. WrestleMania is this weekend, so I have more of my focus on that. Um, but no, I mean, it'll still be fun to watch. Maybe I'll have it on for some background noise. I don't know. Um, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, WrestleMania's on this weekend. I've got uh, the two neighbor kids are going to go out in the street and race on Saturday, so that's what that's what I've moved on to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm past the basketball, but I'm with you. Uh, I do not root because of conference. That is not where my rooting interest is based from. Maybe if it were like Wisconsin or something, but not a rival. Uh, I don't want to see Michigan State succeed. It doesn't really mean anything to me that they're from our conference, but. Uh, I'm kind of pulling for Texas Tech. You know, after watching them, that stymie in defense and Jarrett Culver is an absolute baller. Plus, you know, we can say, yeah, we got knocked out, but by the eventual champs. Maybe there's some consolation there. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't hate on it by any means. I'm just kind of um, apathetic towards it, I guess. Uh, Auburn's a very interesting case study, though, because I feel like they have the Kevin Ware factor, as we all unfortunately remember Man. a team rallying around you know, a devastating injury and going all the way and Auburn seems to be doing that without their star player everybody's rallying and buying in to what Bruce Pearl's selling and they can be a very tough matchup for Virginia I think Virginia needs to count their stars they're not facing Texas Tech Virginia's team likes to lower the amount of possessions and a team like Texas Tech you need a lot of possessions to beat them because they're just too good defensively um Final four, man, I, I have no idea who's going to win. If gun to my head, I'm going championship. Auburn versus Texas Tech, which I never would have guessed in 100 tries before the season. Nobody predicted that. Like, I mean, I know there's no perfect brackets, but nobody has that that, that matchup either. I'm sure of it. Uh, yeah, it's hard to root against Auburn. Very good point. The Kevin Ware factor, as it shall henceforth be named. Yes, I'm definitely pulling for them, definitely pulling for Texas Tech, so I like the sound of that matchup. And you're absolutely right about Virginia wanting to face up, against, not wanting to face up against Texas Tech because they want to just muddy the waters and, and make it a close game like that and, and play ugly. And, I mean, that's that's kind of what Virginia wants to do as well. And then Jarrett Culver's every good of playmakers, DeAndre Hunter. So that's that's kind of an interesting matchup. They almost cancel each other out. What's one frustratingly positive thing that makes you hate Michigan State more this season for uh, me I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example before you go to for me it's I hate how well coached this team is yeah. I hate it so I mean they are so disciplined and so fun to watch especially Cassius Winston I hate it yeah I mean I hate that and I also hate the fact that they are not at full strength um, they lost one of their best players um, god I've forgotten his name he's has he's been out for so long um, but they've been without without him for most of the year, and they started playing their best ball down the stretch without him. So it's it's a pretty gritty performance. It's tough to admit that, especially since I'm just not a Tom Izzo fan, and that's putting it mildly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was a big bounce back here for him because he's been he's regressed. I mean, in recent history, but now he's got another team to the Final Four, and Oh, I hate it. I hate how good that team is, and I hate how much Cass how fun Cassius Winston is to watch play basketball. Who would you rather have as a father-in-law, Tom Izzo or Mark D'Antonio? Tom Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just not a fan of Mark D'Antonio, especially denying all the stuff about the field march last year. Tom Izzo, I feel like I could at least have a good conversation with outside of basketball. Uh, Mark D'Antonio does not seem fun at parties. Mark D'Antonio does not go to parties. Parties do not go where Mark D'Antonio is. They don't invite Mark D'Antonio to parties. That's just... They, they, they didn't in high school, they didn't in college, and they sure as shit aren't now. No, no. <laughs> no, that's a no-brainer right there. Would you rather go to a party with John Beeline or Jim Harbaugh? Ooh. John Beeline seems like he really let, he lets loose. I know for a fact that Jim does drink beer. Um, one of my stepdad's 
coaches that he coached with drank beer with him on a recruiting trip said they just sat in the film room and drank beer and shot the shit and said that Jim's a pretty laid back dude. Uh, but I could see Beeline actually letting loose, like the way he he kind of interacts with Jordan Poole and some yeah. of the young guys, and really seems to be a young dude at heart. I don't know. What about you? Both, I think, would be a win. Definitely a good hang. I feel like if I'm doing a light beer, copious amount night, Harbaugh's the move. But I feel like if I'm going to have like a whiskey and a stogie, I want it to be with John Beeline. Ooh, neither of those are parties. You said go to a party. I mean, oh, they, no, it, it'll be a party. It'll be, <laughs> that's true. I guess uh, the definition of party is in the eye of the beer holder in this case. But like Jim, what were you thinking that last drive against the Ravens? Uh, not against the Ravens, against the uh, Seahawks in 2013 with the game on the line. What was that fade? Why did you challenge Sherman again with a sorry retrie- sorry receiver like Crabtree? Why did you do this? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he would enjoy that. Just a casual, uh, casual night of beer and questioning decisions from last decade. <laughs> Jim, what the hell? Why did we punt that ball? <laughs> Jim, the year is 2015. The situation, fourth and ten. What were you thinking? <laughs> All right, when we were beating the shit out of Florida in the 2015 Citrus Bowl with Jake Rudock. What do you think of this third down call? <laughs> Man, so what? there's a there's a real question in there though. If you could sit down with Jim Harbaugh and ask him one question, like what, like I want to know what you were thinking in that moment. What would that be? Like, what situation would you love to pick his brain about? Um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, is it has to be Michigan related or like his entire career? No, I, th- I would say throughout his entire career, anything's on the table, and he's going to be candid with you. What would you want to talk about? Talk with Jim Harbaugh about? It would probably be the Super Bowl because there are only a select few men that have ever coached in that game, and I feel like you could just ask him like anything from that game. Just if he could go into it candidly and just talk about it, I feel like I'd be interested in almost anything, whether it be the long halftime, just because I'm, I'm a weirdo, the long halftime, the lights going out there, uh, all this stuff, Jacoby Jones returning the kick, uh, Ted Ginn muffing the punt, just different things, um, ask him about Kaepernick, thoughts on that, like just him personally, nothing you know for the public, and I would, I'd like to know about um, the 2016 team about after Iowa and the Ohio State game. I would like to know, like, inside locker room stuff, like what was going on, what were you telling the team, and I'd like to know about certain calls in those games. What about you? Yeah, I mean, from a conversational standpoint, it'd be great to just sit down and talk about his time under Ditka and Shem Beckler and, like, how they influenced him. But he's talked about that in his book and stuff. Um, Just from, like, a situational standpoint, which is more what I was thinking about, I would probably ask about the Michigan State game, uh, why you continue to – to pass the ball with John O'Corn, why? What was the thought behind not running in that game? That's kind of the most like what I would question him about. But as far as a conversation, yeah, all those other things would be way more enjoyable. He seems like a hell of a guy to talk with too. I bet he'd be real candid with you if you were just in a room, glass of scotch and a cigar. Oh my god, no one. You, if you could get him talking, you know, no one would have the stories like Bill Belichick. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, if you could ever crack that one. They, uh, there was a uh, – I, I finished Mike Lombardi's book recently, and he talked about how Belichick still goes to Tuscaloosa because Nick Saban was his defensive coordinator when they were both the Browns. And uh, they go – uh, Lombardi uh, accompanied them on the trip 
they just go down there and they just talk about like defensive schemes for hours and hours. Like, what were you doing here against this offense, against this defense, and just trade secrets and just like all this stuff. He said just to be a fly on that wall of like two of the greatest defensive football minds of all time. For any football fan, just sit there and listen. You just be pure entertainment. So it could be like a whole like television series. Man, right? It's kind of like uh, what LeBron James is doing with the shop, but do that with a bunch of the great football minds. I'd be all for it. Yeah, especially the people that haven't given up on their respective sports yet either. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, well, speaking of being candid, Jim Harbaugh was very candid uh, today at the pre- press conference, and we're going to get into that. Uh, there's a lot to break down, including an entire two deep on the on the defensive side of the ball. Very uncharacteristic. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back talking a little football. Time to butter our bread. And like I was saying earlier, pretty candid response from Jim Harbaugh today when asked about the state of the football team, some of the players that were catching his eye. A lot to break down there. Andy, let's uh, let's go to you. What stood out to you the most? Um, You said it. Just Jim Harbaugh being candid about a depth chart. Um, Is it just me, or does he just seem overall more relaxed this season? Like, I mean, the guards are really down. He's no longer... No longer seems paranoid. What do you think? Yeah, and that's kind of strange, because I would say this is the first time that his job has really been questioned in in any way and he seems more relaxed which is kind of uh, counterintuitive but I like it I mean maybe he's just kind of thinking screw it I mean if I have an absolute failure of a season chances are I lose my job maybe this is my last hoorah or you know maybe somebody comes calling the NFL comes calling I don't know what his thought process is but I kind of like that he's he's mixing it up I mean changes need to happen and that starts with the head coach on down whether it be just philosophy mentality the attitude Whatever it is, so I don't know. I'm for it. What about you? I like it a lot. It, uh, it seems just more modern. You don't need to be excessively petty. No, I always respect some good pettiness. Sure, but um, it, it's it's refreshing that he, he seems confident and comfortable in the position. Uh, everything they say about Josh Gaddis, like he has complete control, and Harbaugh seems really comfortable about that. Maybe he's not stressing because of that. Sean Newa has been great with the defensive line. It just seems like. Maybe a more youthful presence can relate to the players a little bit more. I don't want to, you know, say speak negative of Greg Madison because I think he's a hell of a coach, and I would say the same thing last year that he was a good coach. But maybe Sean New is just a different coach and brings something to this unit specifically that they really need to elevate this coming season, especially with um, only one or two starters coming in there. 
Yeah, that's a very good point about Gaddis, too. So he has less responsibility than he's had in the past. Harbaugh is no longer your primary play caller. So maybe that being taken off of his plate has loosened him up a little bit. I don't know what he'll be doing now since he doesn't really have much to do with the defense at all. And now he's not calling plays. Um, but maybe that's all it is. He's, he's just got less work to do. More time to, uh, to hit the gym, drink milk, and do whatever hell else weird shit Jim Harbaugh does with his free time. Avoid nervous birds. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be really laid back. Maybe just kind of oversee everything and have executive decisions. But for the most part, seems um really really comfortable. But all right, let's uh, let's get into some of what he uh, discussed today and just kind of gave us. He uh, discussed the defensive line starting across the board right now in spring ball. Are is Quiddy Pay, Donovan Jeter, Carlo Kemp, Aiden Hutchinson? Is, does Dwayne Four have an injury? Uh, yeah, Dwayne Ford's rehabbing an injury. That's what I thought. Dwayne Ford's injured, so that was no surprise. And then backups here are Luigi Valane, Ben Mason right now at D-tackle, and Maisie Smith also at D-tackle. Keep in mind, people like Chris Hinton and them aren't on campus yet, so there's some more to be done there. But uh, what do you think about that lineup? That, that was our that was the starting four going into uh, Middle Tennessee State. Well, the first thing that jumps out to me is what's not included in that lineup, and that's Josh Uche. Uh, Josh Uche seems to be working exclusively at linebacker, which is great news. If he works out there, I mean, we have way more talent and bodies on the defensive line than we do at linebacker. So that stands out. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay starting at both ends. That is a lot of strength. Uh, whereas last year, you know, you had little, actually, you had pretty good combination of speed and strength with Winovich and Gary. Honestly, both are pretty balanced. Uh, this is going to be a strong, a large and strong defensive line. Uh, quickest off the ball is probably Carlo Kemp. Um, and then, I mean, the fact that he is uh, Ben Mason backing up Carlo Kemp, or is he backing up? Jeter. He's backing up Jeter. B- backing up Jeter. Um, and Jeter we haven't seen much of or any of yet, so it's really tough for me to say much about him. But the fact that they're confident that he can step in, uh, that's definitely big. I mean, he's going to be really valuable in there. And former four-star guy, so you you got to imagine that he, uh, he's got a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, everyone has been raving about Donovan Jeter, which is very nice to hear and welcome news because this team needed some depth, especially after the departures of players like Aubrey Solomon. So I'm all for this. <laughs> but you uh, brought up Josh Uche. So that's a nice little segue to get us here to the linebackers. Uh, kind of a mix, mix of a bunch of players kind of settle, before they settle in the position. Uh, primarily working at middle linebacker uh, Josh Ross, Jordan Anthony. Interesting. Yeah. Seems like Ross is going to get this job, though. I imagine, yeah. um, Other linebackers in the mix for uh, positions are Devin Gill, Cam McGrone, and they say Josh Uche is pretty much cemented as strong side linebacker right now. They say that one is pretty much set in stone, which, if we got to this point, is welcomed news because the more Josh Uche is on the field, the more havoc that man is going to cause. And this is a very pro Josh Uche podcast. Yeah, we are pro Josh Uche here. You can take negative Josh Uche stuff elsewhere. I don't know how you could be anti-Josh Uche, though, because his production was absolutely outstanding last year in limited reps. And now he's going to get on the field a ton because there was a need at linebacker, like we said. Um, he'll be strong side. and He's big. He's 6'2", 6'3", in that range. He's fast. He can he can hit like a ton of bricks. That's a great move right there, and that also just frees up some other guys. Um, you know, if God forbid something happened to to Josh Roche, we'd be uh, we'd be in trouble there. So this is gonna 
give a little bit more versatility in that group and starting to look like a little bit stronger of a group. I'm excited about this. That gets some speed out there, too, that you lose with Devin Bush. Exactly. And it's nice to hear that Jordan Anthony and Cam McGrone are really taking those next steps. Because yeah. if they're splitting reps with these guys that have game experience and Devin Gill, who Don Brown was raving about last week, I mean, this is just welcome news all across the board. And not to mention, Glee Hudson has Viper on lock. Uh, Jordan Glasgow has been featured at three different linebacker spots and safety. Yeah, so you feel pretty good about that too deep all of a sudden with Josh Uche moving there. So this is a move that we had kind of talked about when we were looking at uh, the depth chart. And I was all for it then. I'm even more all for it now. You know you got to get McGrone and Anthony in. So, I mean, the, they see the same depth chart we do. They realize that chances are they have to play this year. So that's great that they're in there mixing it up with the ones and the twos and feeling a little bit, bit better about the linebacker position. Yeah, I feel like the Josh Uche move was done out of necessity for the depth. And some positional changes for depth have also happened at in the defensive backfield, in the secondary. Um LaVert Hill is currently out with injuries, so starting corners right now are Ambry Thomas, as expected, to replace David Long, and Vincent Gray. Vincent Gray at the other one, which is exciting news. Those two are playing in position, but Jalen Kelly Powell and Brad Hawkins have both changed from safety to nickel corner. What do you think of that? Uh, must be out of necessity. I would have thought that that's where Vincent Gray would go, and we'll see what happens. Lavert Hill comes back, and then it's probably Lavert and Ambry. I'm very surprised that like Miles Sims hasn't really jumped up. We we talked about ben, uh, Benjamin St. Just retiring, medically retiring, um, and there's just a lot of guys back there that are longer, leaner, you know, that more that frame for a starting quarterback. Whereas Vincent Gray is only five five ten, maybe. Yeah, I believe. So, I mean, and then not like Lavert Hill's huge either. Um, so that's, I think they're trying to move towards the lengthier secondary. And, you know, with Vincent Gray in there, you don't necessarily get that. Now, it sounds like I'm knocking him. I haven't really seen much for him. I'm all for it. If he's the guy that's stepping up and they think he's a player, I'm all for it. He just may better be suited for nickel down the road. Yeah, I agree. I think so as well. Uh, there's a lot of names, uh, fringe names. Uh, Harbaugh mentioned uh, JKP is a fringe player right now, like really being a guy he trusts because he mentioned he likes to do an exercise in the spring, like which of these guys are you going to trust to put in the game? And he says the pool's about 16 to 17 right, right now in spring, and you obviously want that to grow. And he mentioned JKP is a fringe guy in that. But uh, at safety right now is Josh Metellus, as expected, one of our picks to possibly be the best player on this defense. And Jamaric Woods. Is Jamaric Woods a place uh, a placeholder until Dax Hill gets there? I mean, it seems like they really are expecting Dax Hill to come in and play right away. The move of both JKP and Brad Hawkins to nickel kind of tells you that. That they like what they've got in Metellus on one side. Jamaric Woods is getting an audition, I would say. Um, he could def I mean, he knows the playbook more. He knows what Don Brown expects a little bit more. Physically, he's a little further along than Dax Hill, but not by much. Um, so Dax Hill's going to play. It's it's up to Jameric Woods how much he's going to be playing. So he could come in and really and do a good job. I, you and I both were pretty high on Jameric Woods last year. Yeah, we liked Jameric Woods. I think we liked him more than 17 weeks. When he came in, he was just a ball-hawking headhunter, yeah. but was lacking some of the fundamentals like and the discipline to read and diagnose plays before breaking on the ball. 
But, yeah, he has a lot of talent, and he knows this defense. And this defense is not basic and simple, no matter what Ryan Day did to it in November. <laughs> it is very tough to break down and, and learn. So I'm exci- excited to see how Dax Hill comes in or when he comes in in the summer and starts picking things up. Because you know he already has a playbook at home he's been studying, or I hope at least. But it'll be interesting to watch the, he and Chris Hinton and players like that come in and see how they fit into the rotation right away. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do our projecting our freshmen uh, based on nothing other than how much we like their name. We'll do that pod later. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, we're still all uh, seeing our grief counselors about what Ryan Day did to us back in November. But aside from that, uh, the defense was pretty good. And when our second unit had to come in, they did a pretty good job as well. So the Too deep doesn't look as good as it did last year. I I mean, just looking at this right here, but I feel a lot better after seeing some of the names on there and knowing what we got coming in. Um, I would say the UJ move and Donovan Jeter looking like a a starter are probably the two biggest takeaways from that. Yeah, I'm with you there. And the fact that uh, Jordan Anthony seems to be resurfacing as a name. Like, uh, no, it's, 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 last year, going into last year, I'm with you. I was definitely more confident because we'd seen most of those guys. We have so many question marks on this list, like what's Donovan Jeter? What's Luigi Villane? You know, what are these linebackers? How's Ambry Thomas in tight coverage? You know, there's there's a lot of question marks, but there is a ton of talent on this team. And this is where the recruiting comes into play. This is we're paying some dividends here, especially with the freshmen but still set to arrive. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh of the guys that are currently on that defense, we did last week who you think the best player on the defense was. You said Metellus. Um, I think I said Uche. Uh, who is who has the highest ceiling on that defense? Of the guys that are currently there, no Dax Hill included in this. Highest ceiling, I'm probably going to say Aiden Hutchinson. Could be. I feel like Aiden Hutchinson has an incredibly high ceiling. Got on the field as a freshman with that defensive line depth last year played significant minutes. He is a behemoth in size. Maybe he can play D-tackle at some time, but if he's still pretty fast off the edge. I'm going to go Aiden Hutchinson. I'm really high on the kid. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I'm not going to fight you on that. I'll say Ambry Thomas, uh, just because we've seen what he can do athletically. Um, he's pretty solid in coverage. He's just got to learn the position. But, I mean, there's no reason he couldn't be the best corner since Charles Woodson to play at Michigan. He has all the talent in the world. Uh, just got to put it all together and learn to use that athleticism to his advantage. A guy I've been high on since day one, and I'm not really ready to jump off that train. Does he keep returning kicks now that he's a starter? That's a very good question. I mean, he's explosive enough that I'd like to see the ball in his hand somehow, but now you've got a lot of guys that could really use touches, and like Giles Jackson's not even there yet. Yeah, that that's my thing is, are we deeper at corner or are we deeper at explosive kick returners? And I think (laughs) with that, we got Giles Jackson. We got all these guys that can go back there and do that. So I definitely think we just to protect the side of the defense. We, we, we keep Ambry off that one. Yeah, I'm with you. We have got a ton of guys and there's guys emerging, uh, which is a good segue as we, uh, we move to the offense here, but we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about what Harbaugh had to say about the offense. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We are back. Moving on to talk about some of the takeaways that Jim Harbaugh had on the offense Today, uh, we were talking about kick returners and a guy that looks really explosive that is moving up the depth chart at wide receiver of all the loaded position groups we have is Mike Sanistril. Uh, what are your thoughts on him potentially being the guy in the slot over both Oliver Martin and Ronnie Bell? Almost a little unbelievable. Maybe there's just some just really high on him. Maybe he fits this type of offense better. I, the fact that he's even in this discussion speaks to his talent and how fast he's developing from a three-star recruit to be passing up some of the people he is the oliver martins of the world the ronnie bells who we saw what he could do last year that's incredible yeah i mean there's just not enough balls to go around there weren't enough balls to go around before his name entered the conversation and now they're saying that this is a guy that they need to see on the field so he's not redshirting you can almost guarantee that Sounds like the move to offense will stick based on what they're showing. I mean, the one clip that I saw, he looks like a quick twitch kid. Um, and maybe that's just more what they're looking for, guys that can get the ball in their hands and, and get an extra 15 yards or house it. I mean, I am all freaking for it. You know how much we wanted the ball to get to Chris Evans in space. I mean, I chiseled it into my arm against Ohio State. Just two simple years ago, we had players like Eddie McDoom and Grant Perry in the slot together. Sure did. Didn't really utilize that that well either. I know. I just kind of wasted my our, our guy McDoom. Great hair, great name. But definitely seems like Michigan's becoming a place for skilled wide receivers who want the ball in the future, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, everything here is just tailor-made to them because there may not be enough balls to go around, but there's going to be a lot more possessions and a lot more snaps to go around. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a team that still wants to run the ball first and foremost, so... There's a lot to go around on offense, but, I mean, Michigan needs to be in a position where they can hold on to the ball and utilize all these weapons. I mean, if they're just three and out, three and out this year, I mean, you'll have really wasted a ton of talent because adding guys like this to the mix, I mean, that is just firepower for them on offense. Um, exactly. And, I mean, the guys that have a chance to help us sustain this a little bit more in the future, which is just like a blessing, I feel like, a lot of people just keep overlooking is how damn good this offensive line is. And it has to be stated first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, we have found Chuck Filiaga. He is alive. <laughs> and I'm happy to hear it. Where was he? I, I don't know, but apparently now he's second on the depth chart behind backing up Ben Bredesen. So here for that. Yeah, at 340 pounds, I mean, just sitting in there, you're going to do something. You're going to at least dissuade people from coming your way. Um, yeah, so just, just make it uncomfortable. Yeah. Like a tough move. <laughs> it's uncomfortable because they're gonna be like, "Weren't you that missing guy? Like, didn't you go missing for two years?" 
where were you? <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's good to see him back in there. And uh, no other real surprises with that offensive line depth chart. Uh, from right to left, Andrew Stuber, Mike Onwenu, Cesar Ruiz, Ben Bredis, and John Runyon. Yeah, I mean, Stuber, Mayfield, you know, are kind of flip-flopping right now. There was a battle. But um, what came out to me was, what stood out to me was Ryan Hayes is backing up John Runyon, as we discussed last week. But he weighs in the 290s now. And his progression and position change is lining up to a former Michigan great, John Run, or not John Runyon, <laughs> um, uh, who does, John Jansen. He came to Michigan as a tight end at 240 pounds. And then by the next season, he redshirted, and then by the next season, uh, in the fall camp, he weighed over 300, oh. and he won the left tackle wow. job. And then, obviously, we know he went on to become an All-American, went to the NFL, and Ryan Hayes could be knocking on 300 pounds come the fall, and just really interesting to compare the two. Yeah, I like that comparison. Uh, Harbaugh likes versatile guys, and the fact that he was at tight end tells you that he's athletic. Um, and the fact that they're putting him at left immediately means they see him as a, a left tackle. What is he, 6'7"? He's big. Yeah, he's, he's big. He's big, but he was really skinny. Like, he was very thin. He obviously, he said he was like, Barely 250 when he got there, and now he's almost three bills. I love it, man. I mean, we were so, so lacking at the tackle position, um, just under Harbaugh in general. Really hasn't been a position of strength, so getting some guys in there. I mean, John Runyon solidified the position, but some of these guys can really take it to the next level. Um, I'm high on Mayfield and Stuber. I think they both have really, really great potential, but now Ryan Hayes, I mean, now the hairs on my arms started to stand up with this John Jansen comparison. You got me, got me ready to run through a wall. <laughs> he mentioned something about switching positions on his pod, and I'm like, hold on, Ryan Hayes. Like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of clicking there. So they could have something going there. But um, furthermore, on the offense, the offense appears to be tailor made, and I'm quoting for Patterson's skill set. Players are looking to him to lead. And Shea Patterson has been excelling all fall, all spring camp. Um, is this a sh- is this a shock to you by any means? There's no surprises there. Of course he is. Shea Patterson, he's as he's as cool as the underside of a pillow, man. Smooth as peanut butter. I, I'm I'm not surprised that he's doing really well in camp. He did really great last year as a, as an entirety of the season. I think he's going to be a strong starting quarterback for us this year. And with all the weapons that he's got, seems like a smart kid taking to Gattis' system. None of that surprised me at all. You kind of expected to hear that, though, I feel like. Yeah, it really seemed like it was going to come out. And when you think back at his old Miss days, he was throwing the ball to people like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and that whole crew of people. So I... I Interested to see the comparison with throwing to these guys with a better offensive coordinator and a much better offensive line. I feel like we could really unleash Shea Patterson this year because I've been a little off the train a little bit, more so than you have. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get back on if there's still room. I'm, I'm waiting to see, but I hope it's true, man. I hope we unleash him a little bit this year. There's always room on the train. Come right back aboard. Uh, yeah, man, that's a really good point, though. It could very well end up that Shea Patterson threw to more NFL wideouts than anybody in their college career. Because I believe yeah. there's three at Ole Miss. There's at least two this year in DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, and Tariq Black are all NFL guys. That's five NFL wide receivers, at least. Yeah, that's un- unseen. Yeah, you don't hear about that. Unbelievable. 
Yeah. Not to mention freshmen coming in this year that could turn into something, running backs in space. I mean. Yeah. I mean, he has had an absolutely loaded cast to throw to. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because he'll go to the NFL. I mean, will it be a first rounder? Probably not. Um, but it'll be interesting to see when he kind of goes on a level playing field and doesn't have so much better weapons. But maybe, I mean, I, I would argue um, that maybe he didn't take advantage of his weapons or maybe that was the play calling uh, as, as far in regards to last year. Yeah, it could have been. I think it was a combination of both, getting a new feel for everything. I think the play calling, it really had the governor on the engine. So yes, they did. It'll be, it'll be nice to see it taken off, see what uh, Josh Gaddis can do, because every time that man speaks about putting conflict on defense, I have to excuse myself and they just punch a wall or something. <laughs> yeah, my walls have taken a beating over the years. Just things like the Ryan Hayes thing. I had to pause this and go go headbutt the uh, the plaster inserts. You're now bleeding during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding out, so we need to wrap up. <laughs> okay, uh, finishing up with the uh, with the football news this week. First practice open to the public this weekend. Unfortunately, neither of us are able to be in attendance. But on which potential positional analysis are you looking to overreact to the most because you know we're going to see tweets we're going to see video see some updates what are you going to overreact to you think man i am going to irrationally lose my mind over the running back competition um zach all damn day charbonnet coming in that'll probably really kick things into high gear or is he an early enrollee he's hurt yeah he's hurt though yeah he is early enrollee but hurt um, but regardless, I mean, I, I love Christian Turner. I like what he brings to the table. Um, you know, Chris Evans won't be there, so some other guys are going to get a chance. I, I, I just want to see who steps up. Although, now that I'm thinking about it and said both of those things, this competition is kind of a little watered down without those guys in the mix. Yeah, that, that definitely hinders it. I'm probably, like, surprisingly, I'm going to overreact to tight ends. I texted you early, messaged you earlier this week, like, Nick Eubanks running with the ones, watch <laughs> out. Just like, just for no reason. Like, sure. just overreacting to this position, like, no, all this is going to happen. But besides that, I'm really looking forward to the defensive line and seeing where all that shakes out. There's a ton of movement, and you can start a variety of combinations, and any of them are more than sufficient. But I'm excited to see who's going to be starting day one, at least get our first hints. But as we've learned from spring ball, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, no doubt things could change drastically. I'm also looking forward to seeing Ambry Thomas uh, getting a chance to start. You know, he's kind of more been a, a situational cornerback, definitely the kick returns, but he's going to be playing a lot next year if he's not the starter. And if he's an all Big Ten type of corner, it changes the ceiling of this defense drastically with what Don Brown wants to do. So there's a lot riding on Ambry Thomas being a player for that team this year. So I'll, I'll be watching him closely. Plus I keep just putting ridiculously high expectations on him for no reason. <laughs> well, in the same spring game that I was at, I was at the 2017 spring game and uh, it was right when you and I had first started, like really, was it, it might have been on this 20, it was 2017 or 2016, one of them, I get them all, they're all together now. But I was texting you. We just started working together. I'm like, Devin Bush is a missile. He is everywhere. I mean, and obviously that was foreshadowing of things to come. But what wasn't foreshadowing was Brandon Peters looked like Peyton Manning at that spring game. We're like, oh, oh, this guy. This is the guy. 
So there's two sides of the coin right there. There's two sides to that coin. I, I remember that very well. We were so convinced that of at that moment, I remember the throw, and I don't even think yeah. it was a completion, but I was like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's Andrew Luck. He's five times better than Andrew Luck. Five Andrew Lux. <laughs> Dude, it was like Zach Gentry or something. We are just like, what, what was that ball? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we hadn't seen it in Michigan in so long. I mean, Denard Robinson, God bless him, but not exactly dropping bombs out there. No, no, not not to that accuracy and with that kind of touch. And, well, we were right about Devin Bush, though. I mean, as soon as he stepped on the field, it was just inevitable. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been right about quite a few guys. I mean, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, um, we were right about him. I mean, we we make a lot of claims, and a lot of times we're wrong, too. <laughs> but <laughs> we get some right. There's only so many players on the field. Like, we're bound to get some right. Yeah, you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Some of it's going to stick. I'm going to be right about Ambry Thomas. You mark my words. Yeah, that's your guy, though. And I remember when I went to the Minnesota game two years ago, I I was I texted you and said, he is the fa- one of the fastest players I've ever seen live. Oh, like, yeah. He moved so well. I was un- just like, I couldn't fathom how fast he was or how thick Devin Bush's legs were. I'm like, those are bigger than this whole section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my coffee table's not as big as one of Devin Bush's legs. No, no, and but man, the speed of Ambry Thomas and the speed of Chris Evans in person. Chris Evans is a bigger dude than I think most people realize. Yeah, no, he's got thick legs. Two C's. <laughs> Two C's, and Two. he is big. And he's yeah. put on a ton of weight since he came to Michigan. Yeah, no, I mean, he surprised me with his power last year. I wouldn't say he's powerful, but he can run through tackles a little bit more than you'd think. Yeah, yeah, definitely since he came there. Um it's interesting. He was a three-star. I would like to see a list of all the three-stars Michigan's recruited since Jim Harbaugh has come there and how many of them have panned out to be starters. So I feel like a lot of three-stars have turned out really well for this team. They tend to hit on their three-stars. I know Khalid Cutson was a three-star. Yeah, which makes no sense because his arms have been jacked since he was probably in seventh grade. Yeah, Khalid Hudson as like a 16-year-old could have killed me and my entire family. <laughs> Like, no no weapons whatsoever just came into our home and beat us to death. What an analogy. This child could have killed him. It's like the reverse of Revenge of the Sith. The younglings just come in here and kill us. These younglings in here beating the hell out of me for no reason. Yeah, man. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, though. They do hit on a majority of their three stars. Um, you know, thinking back... I think Hoke had a pretty good success rate with his three stars as well. So I don't really freak out about the stars too much. Obviously, it's great to get the five stars. um, But four stars have always been where it's at for me. Like, you get a four star and you feel pretty good about it, but they're not so high that the expectations are overwhelming, like Jabril Peppers and Rashawn Gary and Ryan Mallett and stuff like that. I think four stars is a nice medium. Yeah, like it's a nice, safe playing field. They're like expecting to be good, but if they redshirt a year, it's like, ah, it's fine. But when you see that fifth star, it's like they got to come in, start now, make an impact. Why aren't they doing this? And then you just overreact and drive yourself crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, any final thoughts about what Harbaugh had to say today before we move on to our little entertainment segment? Send all your hot takes this weekend to at Andy underscore Bailey one, please, because I just want to hear something spicy. Absolutely, you can throw at O Blue eighty seven on there too. The at looks like a G. It's very clever. I'm very clever. Everyone says. <laughs> 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about a very underrated year for movies, the 2009 year. Uh, sneaky good year. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No All right, and we are back finishing up on Out of the Blue. Uh, Andy and I like to mix the sports and entertainment world. We feel like they're not that far separated, and we try to bridge that gap here. Talking earlier this week about uh, low-key good movie years, and there's there's quite a few of them. The last year was not one, but one that was really good was the 2009 year. Uh, the list of movies there, Andy, what are some of the ones that have held up well over the last decade? There's some tough choices here, okay? But allow me to first, let's, let me take you back. I'll tell you a story. Take you back to... 2009, when I was a junior, senior in high school, just a complete reject of a human species. Um, my favorite movies at that time, some of them held up, Zombieland, Taken, Sherlock Holmes, eh. Public Enemies, eh. Paranormal Activity, The Blind Side, and oh, I rode for it so hard. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, Michael geez. Bay, I was bowing down. I was, man making a comeback this is great little did i know what would you say to young 16 17 18 year old andy say get a job <laughs> stop being a Go drain be on a your parents <laughs> stop being a drain on your parents and society uh and stop watching michael bay movies but i was not much better because in 2009 uh i was in the military so at least i had that going for me but my taste in movies had not really quite rounded into form i loved avatar when that first came oh. out and i mean who didn't oh, see man. avatar that year i mean it was at the time i think it broke a ton of records it still holds the global box office record second domestic and i am one of the few that refused to see it wow i was like, not contributing to this mess I just didn't go. It, so was I would contribute to Michael Bay sequels, but not James Cameron. But not James Cameron. Dude, James Cameron, The Abyss, Terminator 2, I love it. But Avatar oh, yeah. does not hold up. It's awful. It's like Pocahontas with blue people. Yeah, no, it's it's Dances with Wolves. With <laughs> with with dumber names for like the characters and unobtainium is the metal that they are that is sought after. Give me a break. Really thought hard on that one. Yeah, it's nobody like, strained any. Like, nobody strained any mental you. muscles there. <laughs> okay, but uh, present day, Andy, looking back through you know my much more sophisticated movie lens, uh, some of my favorite movies, um, in no particular order, but I will give you a number one. Uh, no particular order: The Hangover, Zombieland holds up, Inglorious Bastards, Taken, and Law Abiding Citizen. I ride so hard for both. Law Abiding Citizen is such a mess of a movie, and I love it endlessly. Um, I Love You, Man, Bruno, 17 Again with Zac Efron is actually really funny, but my favorite movie from the year is still Up. Man, absolutely fantastic choice, and Up is – that will always stand the test of time. Um, timeless. It lessons. really is. Did you throw Inglorious Bastards into there? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. 
Inglorious Bastards really holds up very well. I was not a fan at the time, um, but that actually gets better upon rewatching, I think, like Quentin Tarantino movies often do. Uh, for me, looking back on it, I loved it then, I love it now. District 9 is one of the most underrated sci-fi movies of all time. Um, Neil Blomkamp, still his best picture, um, introduced us to that crazy dude that also did the A-Team, uh, Charlotte Copley. By far his, yeah. Yeah, by far his best work. Um, and there's just a ton of them in 2009. Everyone that you named, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a hilarious Wes Anderson movie. 500 Days of Summer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, is a breakup must-watch. Uh, absolutely yeah. love that. Hold stands up uh, to time as well. Hangover, Star Trek, yeah. I mean, just loaded. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes, I still love it. The first one is hilarious. Um, uh, Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. have excellent chemistry, so I think it holds up. But, uh, yeah, all of those. And then there was some kind of, like, second-tier ones in there that are still really good. Like, I'd never rewatched The Road, but a very good movie. Very good book. Oh, man, yeah. But I'm not reading that book after seeing the movie, knowing what happens. Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi, excellent movie, rewatchable. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Drag Me to Hell in years. But uh, real quick on District 9, it, that's such, like, a awesome movie. But it's not one I'm going to rewind every time I'm watching it. I think I own it, and I've probably watched it twice since 2009. But every time I do it, I'm like, damn, this is so good. I can't wait to watch it again in five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's not like Independence Day where you rewatch it yearly, like Star yeah. Wars or something. Monthly. Where, yeah, almost monthly for Star Wars <laughs> and Indiana Jones. But uh, it's a like two-year rewatch for me, District 9. I mean, I can put it on. The score is excellent. Special yeah. effects are second to none. Um, the storytelling's really well done. The character development's there. I mean, it's it's just an extremely well done movie. I hope that Neil Blomkamp can kind of return to form. Should just do District Ten. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's there. It's right there for the taking. But uh, unobtainium, like if you know, this is just right up the same un alley. Unobtainium, man. You must really <laughs> think I'm dumb, Avatar. Uh, what else you got? Uh, so the only other ones that really stand out from 2009, Crazy Heart was an Academy Award winner with Jeff Bridges, which is a really well done movie. I don't rewatch it. Um, you, you mentioned I Love You, Man. Are you a fan yeah. of Watchmen? I just re recently watched it and did not like it. No. My, my sister, who has a pretty decent movie opinion, she saw it first and said, uh, you don't need to see it. You're not going to miss anything. It's Zack, it's Zack Snyder, isn't it? Um, for which one? Watch is Zack Snyder do Watchmen? Yeah, yeah, he did do Watchmen, I believe so. Yeah, it's got That's that. That's all I needed to hear to yeah. not see it. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to see it. It's like three and a half hours long for absolutely no reason, too. But yeah, other than that, Zombieland. Uh, I thought it was a little overrated. Everybody went nuts for Zombieland. It's funny and it's good, but the Bill Murray scene is really why you watch Zombieland. I'm a big Woody Harrelson stand, so about anything he does, I'll see. Yeah, this was uh pre-True Detective, so I hadn't really climbed back aboard yet, but now I'm fully on board. <laughs> I find this is an interesting year for uh, the franchise movie, because I believe we had uh, a Twilight movie, a Harry Potter movie, Fast and Furious 4, so one of the most successful movie franchises ever was just getting reinvigorated, which we were yet to know about that. I mean, it's just very, and then Hangover became a franchise. Um, it was just a, a very, just kind of, I mean, Paranormal Activity spawned a huge franchise. Sherlock Holmes had a sequel. Taken had two sequels. Zombieland's having a sequel. Star Trek. Very interesting. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Oh, 
Yeah. Great trilogy. Yeah, great trilogy, great reboot, strong sci-fi with District 9, Avatar, I, you, however you feel about it. It was sci-fi, and it really did well at the box office. Um, so a really good sci-fi year. One thing that you don't see is Marvel movies. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of the franchise movies, but actually that's picked up a lot. Like, now if you look at last year, you get a Star Wars, you get a Fast and the Furious, you get a Harry Potter you get, I mean, it's even more ridiculous with the franchising now. So 2009 was kind of the last year before it became oversaturated with that almost. Yeah, it was just picking up steam because Iron Man Incredible Hulk for 2008 range. I think Iron Man 2 was just before or just after this. So it, the MCU was just now building up into the mon like the giant it is now, this Colossus. It's very diverse. In this year with the franchises. I mean you have the vampire pick. You have the comedy. And this is kind of the tail end. Of the non-PC comedies as well. Because I mean you're about to enter this new era. In just a couple of years. Where everything's going to change. I mean you watch some of the scenes of the hangover now. And you're like that wouldn't work today. <laughs> Which is crazy. Because it really wasn't. Well yeah it was pretty ridiculous. What am I saying? <laughs> it's the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you get like. The you what you don't get a movie like The Blind Side. I feel like anymore though it's the twenty. I feel I'm just gonna guess the number, maybe higher or less, but like the twenty to forty million dollar popcorn flick. That's like this. It's really enjoyable. Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for no other reason than the fact that she's Sandra Bullock. But I'm fine with that. But you don't really see movies like that anymore. I feel like there's either like one side of the spectrum or the other. It's either a superhero movie and we're blowing a ton of shit up. Or it's going to be a super art house film and you're going to fall asleep in Roma. <laughs> exactly, man. 2009, perhaps the last great year for movies. But we'll debate it a little bit more as our podcast series moves on. Um, I've got to say 2019 shaping up to be a pretty good year. So maybe it's every 10 years. 1999, we'll get into that one. That, that decade went hard or that year went hard. God, I miss the 90s. You and me both, brother. You and me both. Um, speaking of things that are old, Major League. 30 years old this year. Uh, where does that rate for you as far as all-time great sports movies? Why And why is it an all-time great sports movie? Oh, for, yeah. First of all, it's going to be 30 years old on Sunday. So that's a worthy of celebration before everybody watches WrestleMania with me. Yep. Um, it's just – I. It's hard to really buckle down some of the themes in it. I mean, it's, it's friendship. There's a really good love story. The theme song to that movie slaps. Um there's just a lot of, like, simple humor. Nothing feels forced. It all feels so genuine. Like, the jokes are very clever, feel well-written. I don't know why it's so timeless. I honestly can't put my finger on it, but it feels like nothing dates it too much because baseball has always kind of been the same. Yeah, and the fact that it takes place in Cleveland, and I grew up not too far from there, and the Indians were always awful, um, yeah. and it came out, you know, around the time, or, I mean, I saw it around the time where the Indians were starting to get good again. Um, but that's just on like on a personal level. But like you said, the chemistry of the cast, you get Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes when they're very young, still just getting started. Wesley Snipes, that was real early in his career. Um, and he is hilarious as Ricky Mays Hayes. You got to like the construction of the baseball team too, though. You know, it's always nice to have the team constructed well, like in the replacements where, you know, you got the very unique yes. players that each play their role. You got the home run hitter and Pedro Serrano, the leadoff guy that just gets on base and steals you bases. Willie Mays Hayes gets into scoring position. You got the wild card, Ricky Vaughn, wild thing. Um, and then the aging veteran grizzled catcher to get you through the whole thing. It's just a well-built roster. 
it's a well-built roster and it's an ensemble film without much ego. Like everyone kind of does their, plays their own part really well. Uh, Charlie Sheen was, you know, peak of his powers right now. I mean, just rolling through movies about to hit a big stretch of his career. I mean, already came off platoon. This is 89. Yeah. Already come off platoon, just rolling. Um, Great lines. I mean, probably one of the top five most quotable movies ever. Man, that's a tough distinction. I mean, I know Big Lebowski's in that for sure for me, but Major League is... Anchorman, this. I mean, there's a conversation, though. Yeah, no, it's in the conversation. Uh, Definitely, whenever I play softball, I find myself quoting it all the time. Too high? What do you mean, too high? (laughs) I say it all the time, and I don't even realize it. I'm just like... They're still shitty. <laughs> yeah, they're still, yeah, I do that whenever anyone misses horribly, just a bit outside. Right. There are just so many things. And uh, Charlie Sheen, uh, when he ended his celebrity roast, he said, are you kidding me? I'm Ricky fucking Bond. I was like, oh, there it is. That's all I needed. I'm back, Charlie. Thank you. I'm on board. I never, I never left, but the fact that he references Ricky Vaughn as his greatest role tells you all that you need to know about why it's a classic. And then, like you said, everything's great about this movie. Everyone plays their part. Pedro Serrano is now the Allstate guy. So I've, I've been more inclined to buy Allstate in my adulthood. Yeah, it's the reason I have such great insurance. So thank you, Major League. 30 years of, of excellence. I'm going to go watch it right now. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoys it, man. I hope they enjoy spring practice this weekend, and I hope me and you know the dozens of people that listen to this enjoy wrestlemania (laughs) there are dozens of us michael dozens (laughs) oh all right that's gonna do it for out of the blue i'm jared that's andy we'd like to remind you that wherever you go go blue